for the course, brother. This is a a full press from the devil to work through these people to try and oppress those that are standing up for God and for good and for what is right. And that's what this is. Mm -hmm. God's going to have an answer for all of it soon. I can guarantee you that. That's good. It was just recently I got permanently banned from YouTube. They went back a year and a half and they found a sentence by a guest. I wouldn't show what even about. I don't even know. I guess this is rumble. We can say it now, I guess, but they, they will show what even about the shot. It, this, it, was, it was in casual conversation. So their algorithm like finally found something. And then he sent me a thing that you're permanently banned and don't even attempt to, to challenge the ban. That's a, a news. I said, man, I'm surprised they haven't banned me because I've talked uh, about homosexuals on there. I've talked about the jab. I've talked wow. about, you know, all those hot button topics and, uh, you know, about the liberals and communism and everything else. So I'm shocked that I still have any kind of platform at all there. Well, it'd be a badge of honor if you do get kicked out. And, you know, <laughs> the, the, the interesting thing about having you on a show um, with your new book, Tales of an Exorcist, it seems to me, Bill, that there is something that is manifesting nationwide amongst the population and I have to, I can't put it on any other reason except for some kind of demon infestation. That's what it is. That's exactly what it is. And uh, we see it and the agenda is clear that these demonic forces are working through certain people that are in levels of power to try and impose their will on everybody. So uh, they're trying to force everybody to go along and accept this garbage as normal. I will never accept it. Look, I love all people. I've helped people from all walks of life. It will continue to do so. But when it comes to certain things, I can't support or endorse or condone those things. And I never will. And I don't care what that means. So they'll never force me to comply with any of those types of mm. things over my dead body. Mm. You know, I, uh, I do a, a little segment before the, sh before the guest comes on called ranting points. And uh, one of the ranting points I talked about today was that in Dearborn, Michigan, they're we're at a school board meeting and it got way out of control. People were yelling at the school board for allowing all the porn that they're trying to get to the kids. I mean, just book after right. book of pornography, uh, sex, how to do sex acts among same, same genders or changing yep. gender. And, uh, but the majority of the people in that room were Muslim and they said, we're in the majority and we don't like this. And there were some Christians there. So you talk about strange bedfellows. They were both there. So that yeah. was actually a spark of good news that, uh, that people are, you know, are fighting back in that way. Conservative people from uh, all belief systems and faiths should band together and say enough of this. And this is the only way it goes. There's there's two ways that this goes away. One, Yahweh himself says I've had enough, and then he's going to bring destruction. Or two, the people come together in every community, every town, every city in America and say no more. We're not having any more of this. Matter of fact, get out of our community, get out of our town, get out of our city. Mm -hmm. That's the only way this changes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this rampant obsession with the children and sex by the school departments and the education, American Federation of Teachers and all the other organizations, they, they're, they seem to have this obsession. And I don't even know that kids learn to read or write anymore. All I hear about is what they're doing to the kids about the bathroom thing. And yeah. now they got little safe rooms now that... that they say they're hiding from the parents that the kids can go. And if a little boy wants to dress, they got a little dressing room for him, but they, they don't tell the parents that this is happening. What? I mean, this obsession kind of reminds me, uh, you've been a reverend, of course, a biblical scholar. I'm going to put you in that category. Uh, 
all the all the the sacrifices to Moloch and the children right. in the Old Testament. This kind of seems just like it, where parents just offered up their kids. And this because if they're allowing this to happen to their kids at school, they're no better than the people back there in the day in the in the Old Testament in the days of Moloch. I agree. I absolutely agree, and that's what's happening. Uh, I remember when Barack Obama first became president, he said, we are going to capture the minds of the youth. And that's exactly what they have done. That's what they continue to do. Because it doesn't matter about people like you and I or people that are older than us. It doesn't matter. They want to capture and reshape the thinking of the youth. So each generation becomes more and more wicked and further led away from God. That's really what the plan is. I watched a a, a video clip from Tucker Carlson about an hour, hour and a half ago. Mm -hmm. And there's some lady that I can't even think of her name. She came from Peru. Uh, She's uh, now somehow this woman magically comes over from Peru. She's not in America that long at all. And she's in a position of power in Virginia. And they're trying to implement something now saying that if uh, parents do not allow their child, per the child's request, to have a sex change, then the parents are going to be put into prison. They're going to lose their jobs. They're going to lose. This is what this woman is trying to implement now in Virginia. Uh, I'm telling you, Daniel, this is getting, this is going to come to a point, like I said, either God himself is going to bring destruction Mm -hmm. or the people are going to say enough. And then there's going to be like a civil war. Now, uh, Virginia was also the place, I think in the previous governor, I'm thinking Northrum. Northrum, Yeah. yeah, He was saying that there should be abortion after, birth yeah and I, I i actually described that and basically they and it was from his his from his conversation they stand around a table and there's this live baby there and they go well as the baby is there or the whatever he called i only called it a baby you know the, the yeah. thing you know uh we're going to have a discussion with the doctors and the parents and we're going to do this the right way i'm thinking sounds like the freaking druids standing around a, a table looking for a sacrifice Correct. That's exactly what it sounds like. And that's what these people are doing. So I'm firmly convinced now that the devil has these underlings and whether you call them reptilians or whatever you want to call them, they're the ones that are taking the orders from the devil and they're giving the orders to the power elite. And this is why our world is so screwed up and upside down and backwards, especially in America, is because the power elite are taking these orders and I really believe that it's deals they can't refuse. If you don't comply, then we are going to kill your family first, and then you're going to watch them die, and then we're going to kill you. And so uh, I really believe it's something like that that's going on. So they have to continuously make these sacrifices to the devil. And this is why all these people go missing every day in America mm-hmm. and around the world. Uh, and I think some of those people are ending up with sacrifices. Mm-hmm. So we have a fentanyl crisis in this country it's the, it's the number one killer of young people yet that hasn't even been declared a national emergency <laughs> but what is an emergency a national emergency is somebody got caught using the wrong pronoun yeah in a certain state and then the full force of the department of justice is going to get to that and find out what's going on i i just can't fathom it and uh, that's another thing. If if they press me on something like that, I ain't using no pronouns for anything. So if they want to try and run me out of town or ruin me or whatever, I don't care what they try to do. I'm not complying with their madness. No way. Well, my pronouns my pronouns are cosmic <laughs> cowboy, uh, man. And, I like that. And 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 steak eater. I go. <laughs> I like that. That's, a, yeah. that's another 
one for me. Hey, well, I'll tell you what, Bill, we've already got questions. <laughs> we've got, uh, those are my pronouns. So here, a couple of quick questions and we'll get back to your book here. Uh, Felix says, uh, uh, brother Bill, are there demons in the COVID-19 vaccinations? I believe so. And I said it from the beginning. Now, look, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. I don't pretend to be those things. But I have said from the very beginning uh, that this comes from the devil. And over my dead body, would I ever take it? Never. And my wife as well. Never. Under any circumstance, I don't care if our lives depend on it. Never. So, yes, from the very beginning, I felt that uh, the devil... I uh, had a hand in this whole thing and this whole, so it is the spirit of pharmacia, in my opinion, mm-hmm. uh, that is on this thing. Mm-hmm. All right. One more real quick. Uh, Rose says, uh, Bill, have you heard anything from Kevin Baker show or, and Kevin Baker since his death? I was a big fan of Kevin Baker. Kevin Baker. Oh, I love Kevin. I miss him. And uh, I do have uh, contact with his mom, Pearl once in a while and uh, his brother, Kenny. And, um, they, uh, boy, it's been a struggle for them. They really, really miss him, and they're still grieving him. And um, I haven't heard from his wife, Ann, in a while, but I, I was having contact with her just to see how she was doing and everything, but I haven't heard from her lately. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, his mom is still very much uh, missing him and grieving him. Um, as far as the the uh, the manifestation of, of, of the demons nationwide and is do the the people that are sort of manifesting these very bizarre behaviors do they know that they have demons or did they conjure them was a hex put on them did well, why do you think that, that that came about as as far as uh, an individual coming under demonic possession yeah but yeah but not just an individual in mass because oh in mass yeah oh that's that's a great question daniel and i have an answer for that my opinion is that the devil is truly in control at this time, and God is allowing this. And God is allowing this because of free will. That's why the devil exists in the first place. He is um, the one that will be the prosecutor. He is the one that will uh, present you know, the punishments and on the earth, the punishments and the curses and hexes, vexes, and spells and strongholds because of free will. So what has happened here, People are many, and I hate to say it, but many, many people, especially in America, are under a spell. And the spell comes from television, and it comes from movies, and it comes from music, and it comes from Internet, things like TikTok and all these uh, hellish things that uh, promote these, uh, oh, try this TikTok challenge or, uh, oh, tune in and see this great, uh, you know, performer or um, it goes back to Isaiah 520. Uh, what are those who call evil good and good evil? That's the that's the whole bottom line right there. And, uh, and Americans, especially in mass, have fallen for this garbage hook, line and sinker. And that includes technologies as well. And so the devil is always in the details. So these things are designed to distract people and to lead them away from God to where they think they don't need God anymore. They're good. They can do whatever they want to do. And there's no consequence for whatever I want to do. Well, wrong. There is a consequence for bad actions and bad choices, uh, especially when it goes into the areas 
of um, addiction and addiction could come in many forms, not just uh, alcohol and drugs or pornography uh, or even uh, idol worship. Um, it's when a person emotionally invests themselves into something or someone so much that that becomes a focal point of their life. And that is an addiction. That is an obsession. And man, oh man, the devil can have a field day with that because it's opened the doorway now for him to come in because now you're separated from God. And, and look, I was once under this myself with sports uh, many, many years ago. I was hook, line, and sinker into baseball and football. I was an athlete. I played the sports, and I was emotionally invested in that. And, and man, it wasn't until uh, my true walk with God that I was convicted in my spirit. So, whoa, wait a minute now. What am I doing here? And I came out of that. And so I realized full well how easy it is to get emotionally invested into something, and the devil then will come right in and have a legal right to do whatever it is God will allow it because of the person's choices. So we have to be sober and vigilant, mm -hmm. and we must always keep God first in all things. We'll never be perfect. I wouldn't dare claim to be perfect. I, I could write a 500-page book on the mistakes I've made in life. But I'm real. I'm authentic. I try to do the best that I can do. I try to be the best that I can be in each and every day. And I truly keep God first in my life and will always keep him first for the rest of my life. So... Um, that's how I live my life. I can't tell uh, everybody out there that's watching how to live your life. I, I wouldn't do that because we do have free will, but I can share with you and tell you how I live my life. And I'm very, very thankful for the life that I have, which is very good and very blessed. And I praise God for it. All right. Now you've performed a lot of exorcisms. Oh, can yeah. You, can you tell me, I, I never asked you this question. Uh, what was your first exorcism? Do you remember it? The first one was uh, in Maryland, and uh, it was uh, I'd gone to a family that was having a lot of demonic problems, and it was uh, focal point was around the, uh, the the lady of the house. Okay, and uh, I did perform an exorcism over her. Evil was present and manifest very very strongly there, and I learned from that. It, a couple of things happened. First off, when, it, when I first arrived at the location, I could sense evil. However, I had a knowing that this is exactly what God had called me to do. In the beginning, when God put the, this calling on my life, I thought, no way, God must have a sense of humor. There's no way that someone like me can be a help to anybody, especially when it comes to spiritual matters uh, such as this. So I resisted that calling for a long time until I realized that God was serious and he really was calling me to do this. And then I submitted to God and uh, started doing, started helping people. And from that moment forward, as soon as I arrived, I knew it was confirmation that truly God had called me to do this. This is what I was supposed to be doing. And uh, God did work through me to free that lady from evil. What I learned from that uh, was that we when when doing this kind of work i can't show any fear zero because if i do that's a lack of faith i'm finished there's nothing more that i could do and i am in big trouble and also the people that i am assisting god's power working through me uh, they're in big trouble too because now i have failed 
God, I failed myself and I failed them if I've given over to a spirit of fear. So I learned that right away. Uh, and I did deal with some serious demonic forces in that house. I recall at one point uh, when performing the exorcism over the woman, binding, rebuking, and casting out the demons, mm-hmm. um, I recall two black objects the size of basketballs. And it was like they were together side by side. They came out of that woman and they went, and this was in the basement of the home. And they went right through the basement area and right out the back door that was closed, went right through it. I will never, ever forget that. I've seen things, Daniel, that you, even if you were standing there with me and you saw it with your own eyes, you would rub your eyes and go, did did I really just see that? Did that really just happen? Um, we could spend all night here listing all of the things. It's just absolutely uh, amazing. And I praise God for working through me. You would never, ever hear me say that I'm something special. I'm great. I'm this. I'm just a vessel that God works through to help people. And I praise him for that. So I always give him all praise, thanks, and credit and glory for it. But it's the greatest feeling in the world to know that God has actually worked through me to free someone like uh, from that level of evil. I have seen people levitate. I have uh, heard voices that were not voices from the person that were these deep guttural voices that were coming from the victim. I have been spit on. I have been, uh, people have tried to bite me when under demonic possession uh, i've seen their eyes go from all white to all black to all red and in one case uh, the lady's eyes went uh, like a greenish yellowish color with reptilian slits Um, i have seen bodies twist and contort in ways that a human body cannot Uh, you would think if i tried to do something like what I've seen when a person was under demonic possession with the contortion of the body, you would hear bones breaking. There is no way that it is possible for the human body to twist in those ways. Um, I have been threatened. You know, my life has been threatened. I've been called every name in the book. Uh, I have been physically attacked. Uh, I have been um, just anything that you can imagine. Uh, Oh, at one time, This was in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. After performing the exorcism, and I do this in every case, after the spiritual deliverance has taken place and the person is freed from the demons or demon, uh, then I have to go through the entire home, binding and rebuking and casting out any demons that might be hiding or lurking anywhere in the home. And it was during one of those uh, types of procedures in 2014 that and this was a very large home and i uh, was going through the home and i went to the uh, top level which was an attic area that they had converted into i guess it was master bedroom type of thing mm-hmm. and uh so i go up this wide set of steps and on the right is uh, i guess would be called the bedroom area it was 
illuminated. There, there were lamps there, so it was bright over that side. And then on the left side, I don't know if they were going to use that for storage area or put a big closet in there or whatever. I don't know, but it was dark on that side. Uh, no light. There was a, uh, a double window on the right side. And then I would say probably five or six feet in front of that window was a ventilation shaft. And so I'm going through blessing everything and binding, rebuking, casting out. And I get to this one area where the window is and then across from it, the ventilation shaft. And in between that, Daniel, was a figure that was at least seven feet tall, at least black, and it had uh, glowing red eyes. And it also looked like it had folded in type of wings. You could see the points coming up over the, the shoulders. And I had a, a Bible in my left hand and uh, I had a holy shaker in my right hand, which had a combination of holy water, holy oil, and holy salt in it. And I stood, I couldn't have been any more than 10 feet in front of it. Now think about this for a second. For everybody that's watching, think about this. I'm standing in front of something that is not human, that is at least seven feet tall, that it almost looked like, I, I think it was a fallen angel, um, but some would describe it as like a Mothman type of creature with, with those wings and all. Wow. 10 feet at a minimum, 10 feet standing in front of it. And now that takes power from God to be able to stand in front of something like that and not have your knees buckle, not pass out, not run. Um, that is the power of God. And it was working through me. And I said, by the mighty power of Yahweh and his mighty and holy name in Yahshua, Jesus, the Christ name, I bind and rebuke you and cast you out. And I uh, threw the shaker three times and that thing let out a screech like I've never heard before or since it was so loud Daniel that it rattled the windows and then it departed I will never ever forget that as long as I live I praise God for protecting me I praise him for uh, giving me the courage to be able to stand against something like that and then bind and rebuke and cast it out so I could go on and on and on, but those are just a, a few things that are just off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, by the way, uh, Bill Bean, on our website, we have a poll question for the folks. Um, and the poll question is, who needs an exorcist the most? And the choices for the viewers on that poll question, uh, the whole country of China, uh, <laughs> Liz Cheney, uh. drag queens, mm. myself, uh, that is their self or anybody reading this, the Democrat party or CNN. Let's take a look. All right. 72% of the people respondents say that uh, the Democrat party needs the exorcism the most drag queen second and China third. But it, but for the folks watching, man, if you think you have a demon and you might need an exorcism, but I guess, guess we've got to ask that question, Bill. And I know we've probably covered it before. Uh, have you uh, done exorcism on Christians? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And so this is the thing most people don't understand, Daniel, is that it's wonderful to be a Christian. Yes, it's great to have a real and authentic relationship with God and be 
make him first and keep him first. And if you're being real in that way, good for you. Praise God. Wonderful. But in a lot of today's churches, I'm sorry to say, A, some of those churches are corrupt. They don't care about God. They care about getting people's money. That's the bottom line. And they feed them a cookie cutter message, pat them on the head and say, see you next week and bring your checkbook with you. That's pretty much the bottom line on a lot of these churches. If you, and, and this happens a lot, um, I've helped people in 54 countries around the world and counting. And, and a, a lot of these people come to me because their pastor or priest turned them away when they went to them and said, look, I'm having these spiritual problems and they don't want to hear it. And, and a lot of them say, well, I'm not trained. What do you want me to do? I'm not trained in that area. I can't help you. Or go get a mental evaluation or something. So it's very dismissive. What these people don't realize is when they're doing this to people who are in need, they're destroying their faith because these people uh, look to their pastor or their priest as an extension of God, uh, you know, an agent for God, someone that they could turn to in the time of need. And when they're turned away like that, it's, it's just so deflating and heartbreaking for these people. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, people again, that are Christians are not exempt from coming under demonic attack, especially if the person has suffered in childhood. And I find that in the majority of my cases, that's where it starts. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it starts with some form of child molestation uh, or a high level of trauma through some type of abuse, whether it's mental, mental and or physical um, and then, of course, like I said, uh, through the vile and detestable acts of child molestation, uh, rape, some type of violent crime, whatever it may be, because not only are the demons filling the perpetrator who commits these wicked and heinous acts, mm-hmm. but when a high level of trauma is established, then secretions of uh, fluids and blood will come out of the pineal gland, the adrenal glands, a.k.a. adrenochrome. Uh, and and demons are attracted to that like candy. They love it. And so then they will come on to the victim because that high level of trauma has been established. Then it's going to require an agent, somebody like me, an agent for God to come along, God working through that person to evict those demonic spirits. So you can go to church 24-7. That does not make you exempt. And if you've had a, a problem like that, that you have to deal with it. You cannot sweep it under the carpet. You cannot pretend that it didn't happen and you'll just think good thoughts and you'll be okay. If you want to believe that, that's fine, but that's not true. And you will be affected at some point. So I urge you, if you are out there and you're having uh, or have had high levels of trauma in your life and you haven't dealt with that through spiritual deliverance, then reach out to me. I'm very busy, but not too busy to help people. So you can visit my website contact me directly from the site. We'll get you scheduled for a spiritual deliverance. It's very important because when a person has gone through those types of things, they're literally like in shackles and chains, and it's going to require this junk to come up and out and off. And as it does, it pops every link of every chain that the devil builds over these people. Mm-hmm. So, um, I would I would agree with you there too. By the way, Bill. I mean, from from the sort of a, a show guy that I am, but all the people that I've interviewed, uh, when I've interviewed people that um, has a lot of uh, negative stuff happening in their life, 
they always seemed to say that something happened to them when they was a child. Yeah. And a lot of them forget what it was. They know something happened, but I guess their mind blocks it out. Correct. But, it, but so if a person is blocking out the trauma that was forced on them as a child, if they try to block it out through, say, medication, counseling, whatever they're trying to do, I mean, secular ways, um, how do they how do they know that they need more a, a more spiritual uh, reconciliation from that from that not just a sort of carnal you know doctor medication type of situation? Well, uh, it would be obvious to them because if they continue to have the problems, well then the uh, the conventional treatments are not effective. They're not working, and in some cases they can make it worse. Now I recall one case. Um, brilliant young man on the West Coast comes from a great family, uh, wonderful parents. Um, he, I'm trying to be very careful uh, on how I talk about this. He uh, came under the spirit of depression, let's say it that way. And eventually made a deal with the devil Whoa. because he was being bullied. Uh, his parents were wonderful, so he didn't suffer any type of uh, abuse from the parents or anybody in the family. This, this was coming from school life. And um, so he essentially makes this deal with the devil in exchange for power and protection and things of that nature. And um, so then, <laughs> for those of you who think you can make a deal with the devil, and the devil is going to be your partner, and he's going to uphold his end of the bargain and the deal, I have a bridge I'll sell you. Uh, the devil and his minions have one mission and one mission only, and that is to kill, rob, and destroy and so they will use and abuse and deceive and make you to believe that you're in a kinship and partnership with him. But when the, his use for you is over, he's going to try and destroy you. And he wants you to uh, kill other people first before you kill yourself. That's really what the mission is. So this young man, you know, the devil had uh, finally used him up and uh, started attacking him. And uh, then he came under demonic possession, and it was so bad, Daniel, that um, his parents took him to the top eight psychiatrist in the area, very uh, well-known people, and, and they treated him with a variety of meds, which we got to be careful there, because then you could be under the spirit of pharmacia, where demons will come in through the sorcery of that, uh, and so he was put on these psych holds and all these types of things. And uh, he was literally biting chunks of flesh out of his body parts, withering around on the floor like a snake. And uh, so the, the parents uh, saw me on TV and reached out. And next thing you know, you know, we schedule this and I go out there to the West Coast and God worked through me uh, in performing the exorcism to deliver him. But this is another thing that I'll never, ever forget. 
there were many things that I'll never forget during that exorcism, but uh, at the end of it, the demons have to come out in some way and they'll come out from somewhere and whether that is the mouth or other areas, uh, this case it was through the top of the head. Mm -hmm. And as they were coming out, this young man's face changed. It contorted in his cheekbones went up like a V and his chin went down like a V. So his wow. face became from the cheekbones down became like a big V and they came out through the top of his head. Mm -hmm. And when, when these people are under demonic possession, they don't remember what's taking place during the episodes. And, um, Imagine a, a bully grabbing somebody by the shirt collar and they've got them up against the wall. And, you know, they've got the person by the collar holding them, you know, and the person's on their tiptoes. When they let the person go, the person slumps. That's exactly what happens in these cases of demonic possession. When the people are set free, when they're delivered from these evil forces, they slump and then they start to cry. So it's as if these demonic forces have let them go, they have departed, and the person slumps, and then they start to cry. And that's exactly what happened in this case. And I'm happy to tell you that the young man is doing well now, praise God. I keep in contact, and uh, I'm very thankful that to God that uh, he worked through me to free him. But that was mm -hmm. one of the most severe cases of demonic possession that I was involved in. Uh, we could spend the whole show and all night just talking about his case. Um, so let but, me, so let's let's get back to this. Uh, sure. Because I'm going to go go somewhere with it. So sure. If if a so if a child and this what like I said I've see, I've seen so many. And by the way, to, to clarify, when I said the people that told me they were abused as a child, typically those are the people that I have on a show that are not Christian and that uh, are maybe involved in uh, maybe they can you know they can. Uh, uh, project themselves, you know, I mean, they have these sort of skills, I guess. And so I always can pick that up. I mean, when I, when I start talking to them, because I'm looking for a way to put the word of God into their life, right? That's why I have them on yeah. the show. I mean, it's a little secret thing that goes on with this program, but you know, they almost always say that they were abused as a child, but if, what is it that when a, the, the parent abuses a child, is a demon going from the parent to the child or is is the parent creating a doorway in the child's life for demons to come in? Well, usually in cases of child abuse, and if it is child molestation, in a lot of cases, that abuser was abused. So it just continues on. So it's like, and it's not just one demon. It's, it's a host of demons that will be on a person like that. And so when they commit that wicked and heinous act, that some of those demons will leave that person and go on to the victim. And they go on to the victim due to the high level of trauma that has now been created through the wicked and heinous act. And they will stay on that victim until uh, an exorcism spiritual deliverance is performed to clear that victim and to evict those demons. Mm -hmm. There is no other way. Okay, so uh, based on what you said earlier, uh, and, and kind of in, in, in the first part, you were saying that people got to watch giving permission for demonic activity, but doesn't yeah. the, the, the innocent child is not really given permission, are they? No. So that's that's the very sad aspect of the whole thing is that the the innocent child, you know, certainly didn't do anything at all to uh, warrant that. Uh, certainly didn't deserve it. 
did nothing. Uh, yet this vile, wicked individual that obviously is demon-filled to even think about doing something like that, mm -hmm. um, they have now perpetrated the wicked and heinous act. And because of that, because of the high level of trauma that was created, now they're going to go on to the victim and it's very sad and unfortunate and it's heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. But the good news is there are people like me out there, uh, God working through me and others mm -hmm. that can perform these exorcisms and spiritual deliverances and help these people to become free. And then after that, um, I sit down with each victim and client uh, to put a game plan together for them in moving forward because it's not just you know when the person is delivered oh it's all over with and i'm good to go and i could go back to life as usual that's not true uh you have to sit down and put a game plan together and that game plan consists of uh, the number one thing is making god first in your life and having that real authentic relationship with him and allowing jesus to be in your life to guide you on that narrow path back to the father that's number one uh, if you can establish that, then your faith is going to increase. And as your faith increases, you have to step out of that fear-based, trauma-based way of thinking and living. And I've been there. Believe me, I was victimized in my childhood uh, from demonic forces that destroyed my family, nearly destroyed me as well. I understand it. That's why I'm here. It's why God chose me to do this work. So uh, I know what it's like to be a victim. And, and you have to step out of that mentality of the fear-based, trauma-based way of thinking and living into what I call warrior mode, which is faith, strength, and courage. It's not easy. It's much easier said than done. But if the person can do that, that's when everything changes because a transformation takes place from victim to victor. So in my life, since... Uh, but the greatest decision I ever made in my life was to make God first in my life. And once I did that, it was a process to come out of the behavioral patterns that were built in my life and over my life and living in that fear-based, trauma-based way of living and thinking. So it was two steps forward and three steps backward in the beginning until I got there. And then once I got there, I never turned back. I've only gone forward. The only time I have reflections of how the bad old days is when I'm writing a book or on a show with you or somebody else and talking about it. And it's necessary for me to talk about it because I'm telling you right now with 100% truth and certainty that my life changed for the better when I decided to make God first in my life. He saved me. He blessed me. He transformed me. He empowered me and then put a calling on my life to go and help other people. So if he would do that for me, he'll do it for anybody out there that's in need. Alrighty, let me go ahead and welcome some additional folks watching the program. Mickey V's entered the live chat. Uh, Smoke C, Antivirus, Australian Ben, Who, Jerry Ott, looks like my brother's in there. Uh, Tony in Louisiana and Robert all joined in the live chat there watching the show tonight. All right, here's a question from, uh, from Bear. It says, Bill, can you speak to the state of Christianity worldwide? What country has the strongest Christians? I wish I could say America, but that's not <laughs> the case. Um, and it's very sad. Uh, I would say right now, based on what I'm seeing in the world, I was very impressed recently 
to see, uh, I thought it was a million people, but I've since read that it was uh, three million people that gathered with the Brazilian president. I can't remember his name, mm-hmm. uh, but they gathered with him in prayer and they recited. So the president of Brazil stood there in front of three million people and recited the Lord's Prayer. And those people joined in with him reciting the Lord's Prayer. That's powerful. Mm. And I could only hope and wish that America could follow that and come back to God that way. Because if we did, things in this country would instantaneously change because God would heal this land and he would get rid of the evildoers and he would bring forth change like you wouldn't believe. But the people, uh, many are under a spell and they just cannot break out of it and they refuse to come back to God. So what's happening here, Daniel, is America especially, and the world, uh, the vast majority of the world, is under the spirit of rebellion. And it is a spirit of selfishness as well. So the devil, this is another tactic out of his playbook, he don't care if you believe in him. He wants you to be puffed up in yourself. He wants you to be all about you. He doesn't want you to make God first. He does not want you to be connected to God. He wants you to see yourself as God. Therefore, nothing or no one matters. If someone drops dead in front of you, so what? Step over top of them and just keep doing what you're doing. I read a story last night uh, from a restaurant here in Maryland. This happened a couple of days ago. A family was gathered in this very busy restaurant near Washington, D.C., and um, they they were planning a family reunion party or something. And one of the family members, an elderly black lady, she got up and went to the bathroom. And the family's going, whoa, she's been gone for a while. What's going on here? They get worried. They go check. The poor lady had died in the bathroom. Guess what happened, Daniel? They didn't shut the restaurant down. They put a a cloth, like a a covering over the ladies' room, made the men's room uh, a unisex. Everybody could go in there and kept on serving people and bringing people into that restaurant with that poor, unfortunate uh, lady laying there dead on the bathroom floor in the ladies' room. That's pretty sick. You know, I was thinking about you mentioned Brazil and the, the president of Brazil praying if our president would lead America in a prayer, it would be a prayer that there'd be more little girls in front of whatever audience he's speaking at. I mean, that's the kind of, that's the only kind of prayers that guy. That's right. That that's exactly right. And that's what we are reduced to now. That's what we're reduced to now. And, and there's another very disturbing story that I read recently. I can't remember this guy's name either, but uh, Biden appointed the Satanist uh, to the monkey pox task force. Now this is an open Satanist, I uh, wish I could remember his name, and I'll have to send it to you in an email if you haven't been made aware of that story. But this guy uh, is uh, <laughs> has all these pictures posted with him covered in tattoos, pentagrams, bondage-looking outfits with pentagrams, um, you name it. And this is the new appointee of the Biden administration cabinet, and he is the head of the monkeypox uh, team there. Mm-hmm. Was it? I think I remember that, but there's also another guy that's in charge of like nuclear waste or something. And this guy's what is what you call a furry. Do you know what a furry is? Mm-mm. A furry is a typically a man who thinks he's a dog. And this guy has, there's pictures of, I saw this guy and he's walking three or four men on their knees with muzzles. He's walking them. This is the guy that Biden appointed. 
to the nu nuclear regulatory agency. This is yeah, you're right. This this is what we're reduced to. This kind of creep. That's right. This is what we're reduced to, and God's allowing it. Why? Because we have gone away from Him. So why should He lift a finger? Why yeah. should He? Yeah. He so, created I, all of us, and and we should be giving Him endless praise and worship every day. I thank Him from the moment I open my eyes every single day. The first thing I do is I thank God and praise God for the day. Life is a gift. We are not promised tomorrow, and we should thank Him and praise Him for every day. But these types. They don't care about God. They thumb their nose to God. And uh, they, they've been, in these power elite especially, they have been promised that they're going to live forever. This is the lie that the devil has told them, that they're going to live forever. They're going to be in power forever. And they're just going to be the biggest and best things going forever. They buy into that lie. So therefore, mm -hmm. in buying in, now they have to hold their end up, and their end is a very dirty end of uh, ritual sacrifice and every wicked, heinous, nefarious act you can think of, and and that is the power elite, and that goes for politics, that goes for religion, uh, that goes for sports, that goes for entertainment. The devil has the market cornered on all of it, and so you cannot be, in my opinion, you cannot be in these high places on the earth unless you have sold out, period. Daniel, I could be a millionaire right now. I've turned away so many opportunities in my career uh, for TV shows, TV star and TV series, movies, uh, you name it. I would be a millionaire now had I taken those opportunities. I'm not taking anything that is against God. If I cannot be myself, uh, it, would I like to be in a TV series? If I could be myself, sure, based on my case files. And if it were real and authentic in that way, yes, I would be uh, interested in something like that. But otherwise, and I've had these other offers, that doesn't work for me because I can't be real and authentic. And if I can't praise God, and if I can't be real and I can't be authentic, I don't want it. I was on a, a TV set one time on a, a, a for one of those uh, paranormal shows I was on set. And the guy said to me, asked me if I could be more inclusive and stop praising God. And uh, just get, I said, absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and those people, that was one of the worst experiences. And they made it miserable for me after that because I was not compliant in what they wanted. And we were oil and water because these people were not of God. They didn't want anything to do with God, and therefore they became my enemy because I refused to join up with them and forsake God for what? Mm -hmm. For that? No. Mm -hmm. No, I'm sorry. So that's what happens. Okay. Hey, well, Bill, we, we've talked about uh, parents and even step-parents probably abusing their kids, causing demonic, would you say, possession, oppression, and combinations thereof, right? Uh, Combinations thereof, so, yes. So what's what's the difference between that and generational curses? Well, that sort of uh, strongholds and general, generational curses uh, are usually a fabric of that as well. So, for instance, in my family that I'm aware of, I uh, was made aware of that two family members over 100 years ago conjured up demonic forces. And mm -hmm. if that's true, which I have reason to believe that it is true, that started a generational curse and a demonic stronghold that came on the family and created a variety of damage on both sides of the family. 
And so this is what happens in families. When some type of wicked and heinous act takes place, now you've opened the door. It's through invitation, invocation. And so these generational curses, these demonic strongholds, they will take effect and they will cause so much damage, so much harm, death, destruction, uh, everything. When people look back after the smoke clears, they go, whoa, what? I can't believe so much has happened to our family. How is this possible? Well, that's how it's possible. And the devil is always in the details. He's very clever. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to press the buttons. He knows how to open the doorways. And this is why I warn people uh, about certain things and, and certainly victims after they have become, uh, after they are delivered uh, from demonic forces mm -hmm. as part of my game plan for their life. Um, I say to them, look, there's certain things that you cannot do because it's going to open a doorway for these demons to come back and they're going to come back seven times worse. Well, that's it. So, that, now that's my, that's actually my next question. What if somebody say is, is being demonically oppressed or possessed and they, they, they go the medication route. Now it, it seems to me that the demon inside isn't affected by medication, but he may hide in there but like you just said he may come back seven times worse no question about it so you cannot i can't tell people not to take medicines but i can say this i myself am not a fan of medicines in big pharma now i know there are certain medications that people have to take you know where they have diabetes or blood pressure or whatever it may be i understand that but when you're getting into these antidepressants and things of that nature I'm not a fan of those things. I can't mm. tell you not to take them, but I personally would never take them over my dead body when I take any of that garbage because it is lowering the frequency and vibration. So all life operates on frequency and vibration. Why? Because when Yahweh created the world, he spoke it into existence by the frequency and vibration of his voice. So all life operates on frequency and vibration. So if we're on high frequency, high vibration, life is good. Life is positive. We're moving forward. But if we're on low, life sucks. And it's like having a black cloud over your head and nothing ever goes right. Nothing ever will go right. There's always a problem, a drama, a catastrophe, and never an answer. And the devil loves that because when a person is on low frequency and low vibration, they are wide open and vulnerable for demonic attacks. So if people are drinking, if they're using drugs, if they're into pornography, if they're, it's a variety of things. If they're opening doorways, and that goes with music, and I cover this a lot, Daniel, about music. I'm a musician. Mm -hmm. um, I used to play in bands years ago, but I'm very aware of frequency and vibration, uh, the flatted fifth, the devil's interval, uh, the tritone, and how that can really open up and summon demons. Um, the uh, ritual hypnotic suggestions that are put into movies and TV shows and commercials, uh, internet stuff. We have to be very, very careful. I'm not telling you to stop everything. I'm telling you to be very careful and open your eyes because if you do, and certainly if you're making God first, then he'll give you holy discernment to see mm -hmm. who is true, who's not, what is true, and what is not. And then you'll be astonished to see how this specifically 
America has been under this spell, and it is through all these different things that mesmerize people mm-hmm. for one reason and one reason only, to separate them from God. Well, there's, I think there's a, an actual word that just sort of came on the scene now in the culture called uh, mass formation psychosis. And <laughs> mass formation psychosis is these millions of people, I believe it came from uh, Dr. Malone, I think he's the first one who said it, uh, one of the inventors of the M- mRNA therapy. Okay. He called it mass formation psychosis in that people that get injured by the shot will will blame everybody and anything other than the fact that they agreed to taking that shot. And even to the fact that their own kid, if they, give, they force their kid to get it, they die, their thought process due to mass formation psychosis, oh, it would have been worse if he didn't get it. There you now, go. I, I don't know how much worse it could be. Little Johnny's dead, but believe it or not, you know that they're doing it. And you can always tell somebody who's under mass formation psychosis because they'll be walking out in the street with a mask on. There you or, go. Or they'll, I mean, be, or they'll be in the lake swimming with a mask on. You know, these people, I mean, there's something wrong there, Bill. Something bad wrong. But see, this again is spiritual in nature. This is a spiritual stronghold. And so people are mesmerized and hypnotized by these agendas and these movements. I'm going to say this right now. And again, look, I have nothing against gay people. I love all people and I've helped people from all backgrounds. Am I perfect? No. Are they perfect? Certainly not. And I don't support or condone homosexuality, uh, LGBTQ. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not a hater of anybody, but I'm just being honest. And so I do not support these agendas with drag queens and all this kind of stuff. Now, Daniel, if you and or I decided that we were going to get a bunch of little kids together mm-hmm. and we were going to take them to a strip bar somewhere, they'd throw us in jail. We would be labeled as sex offenders. Our lives would be ruined. Mm-hmm. But yet, on the other end of the spectrum, these individuals, they can take little kids to, I, I saw a clip recently. I absolutely couldn't believe it. I, I was so disgusted and enraged. I, I'm glad I wasn't anywhere in that area because then I would forget it. But um, they had one of these <laughs> drag queens. Uh, they, they got a stage there, and these little kids are surrounding the stage like a stripper stage. And this... I know where you're going. Totally naked in front of these kids. And they, these parents are cheering and applauding this. I'll tell you one thing. They ought to thank God that I'm not the king or the guy that's in charge or the ruler or whatever, because those people would be in prison. Those parents would be in prison for child abuse. That's child abuse in the highest forms. And I just can't fathom it. That And this shows you where we are and how far we've gone down the drain in society. And how the devil is in control. Because again, like I say, let you and I try something like that. We're, we're done. Hey, hey Bill, Bill, your, the audio went out just as you described what you saw. <laughs> you, you said there's a stripper on stage. Yeah. And then what, a little child there. And what happened? The stripper, the, the drag queen or whatever you call it, took his clothes off. Oh. Totally naked in front of the kids. I saw one. I guess we can trade stories now. 
uh, drag queen, I think it was in a public school, and it was a man, and this little girl was rubbing his genitalia. I saw it. Yeah, I saw it. How is that's that a not, sex how, act? How somebody's not arrested for that? That's a sex act. That's absolutely a sex act, and and so that individual should have been arrested immediately and never see the light of day again. Mm -hmm. But this is what we are reduced to. And this, if anything, for anybody that's out there watching right now, if you're not convinced that the devil is pushing these buttons, I don't know what else would convince you because uh, you're seeing it. Mm -hmm. These are sex acts that are taking place. And again, if Daniel or I, or anybody that claims to be normal and straight or whatever, go and, and do a similar thing, we're done. You're, you're not going to, you're going to be in jail and the key's going to be thrown away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these individuals with that cause could go and do these things without any recourse whatsoever. And I find that absolutely deplorable. Number one, mm-hmm. completely evil, uh, disgusting, despicable, and just unfathomable that this could be happening in America. Mm. All right. Let's get through a, a number of these questions here real quick. Um, uh, second Q says, oh, it's from Rose. Uh, why are a lot of Christians denying the existence of the rapture? Are you a rapture man, Bill? I, I certainly, yeah, and I certainly hope that's true because I, I want, before all this comes down, I certainly pray that God will send Jesus back here to uh, rescue the good and faithful off of this planet before it all comes down. And biblically, it's stated that, uh, if in fact America is Babylon, which I certainly believe that's true, uh, then Babylon would be destroyed um, inside of an hour first, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I pray that uh, you know if something like that is going to take place, I certainly pray and believe that Yahweh will send Yahshua Jesus the Christ back to rescue and rapture out the good and faithful people. I do believe that. So we'll see. Um, you know, we'll. we'll We'll see. We just uh, Jesus himself doesn't even know when the day or hour will be when he is sent back here. But I do believe, I have to believe it, Daniel. When we see things like this, I have to believe that it is not going to be much longer. Hey, by the way, uh, I, I know you uh, believe in the existence of the Mandela effect. Uh, a question came up this week on uh, uh, the Lord's Prayer. Now, I th- is it written twice in the Bible different ways? One says, forgive us our debts. The other one says, forgive us our trespasses, and we'll forgive those trespasses against us. Are both of those correct, or is there a Mandela effect, and there's a third one? There is a Mandela effect in that, because uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, Matthew uh, 6, verses 9 through 13, that should say, our Father who art in heaven, who art in heaven, now it says our Father which art in heaven. Who are, it's always been our Father who art in heaven. Now it says our Father which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. And now it says in earth. We don't live in earth. We live on earth. And it's always said on earth. Now it says in earth. Forgive us for our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But now it says forgive us of our debts and debtors. Now it makes no sense because if you go down past verse 13, It'll talk about if you don't forgive those who trespass against you, you won't be forgiven. So it, it clearly trespass and trespasses continues mm-hmm. down the mm-hmm. verse. Mm-hmm. So uh, that has absolutely been altered. It is a Mandela. And um, there are so many of those now that uh, 
I just shake my head. And that's sad and unfortunate for but today's you, you, you generation. Said, you said it, 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 it did say our father who art in heaven. Yes. Now it says our now father, see, which art in heaven. Now, now I can verify that because I'm going to give you a horror story of my own. Um, when I was a kid, my parents were totally atheist. There was nothing, no God presence at all. Just a bunch of beer drinking going on. Uh, I was at uh, down the street. There was this little place that had a candy or a, a prize machine you put a nickel in there and you get a little ball a, a clear ball you take it apart and there's a little toy in there have you ever seen them yeah yeah, right. yeah i never saw okay about. so yeah so i put a nickel in there i got i got, got a little ball clear ball and inside of it was a little bible that you hold up to the light and it was the lord's prayer and yeah. i thought wow this is fantastic i've never seen anything like it and you know it said our father who art in heaven so i memorized that well later uh, i was in the basement of my house and I was laying on a chair and some demon, actually it's kind of like in this background picture here, some demon sat on my chest and tried to kill me. And I didn't know anything about demons. I just knew that an evil presence was trying to kill me. The only thing I had was the Lord's Prayer. It was the only religion that I had. And I just started speaking the Lord's Prayer and the thing went away. But I remember Praise that God. because I said that must a thousand times. It said, Our Father who art in heaven. So that's right. they're not going to convince me it's which. All right, get a couple quick. Um, and that's uh, why Daniel, God told us to hide the word in our heart because he knew this time was going to come to where those words in the Bible were going to be changed. Didn't it say that in the end, though, there, there also going to be a famine in the land for the word of God? That's correct. Uh, Amos 8, there would be uh, not a lack of bread or thirst for water, but it would be of the hearing of the words of the Lord. And that's exactly what is happening here now. And it's so sad and unfortunate because each generation that comes along, they're being led further and further away from God, and they won't know the Word of God because the Word of God is being altered. Mm. All right. Um, it's a, this is from Doug. It says, Bill, what happened to the possessed house that you used to live in? Did they bulldoze it like they did in the exorcist house in Mount Rainier? No, the house changed hands many times over, and that house was purchased while we were still living in it. Uh, my dad left when I was nine years old uh, in 1975, and uh, when he left, unfortunately, he left us in a very bad financial situation. My mother was very ill. She couldn't work. Uh, she couldn't make the mortgage payments, so they, uh, the bank foreclosed on the house, and the house was auctioned uh, in a public auction. I'll never forget it. I witnessed it. Uh, in, in a public auction in the front yard. And uh, the man that bought the house in the public auction was a, uh, aware of my mother's situation. And he let us live there on a pay as uh, you can, when you can basis. And that's how we stayed. That's how we were able to stay. Um, so the, after we left in 1980, um, the house changed hands many times over. One guy bought it and uh, it was, given these stories by uh, an investigator, a friend of mine, uh, John D. Romine, who had went and investigated everything after we had left that home. And uh, he said that, that one guy moved in, he stayed for six weeks, he bought the place, stayed for six weeks, and then uh, put it back up on the market, lost a ton of money and, and got out of there. Mm -hmm. Then there was another family uh, by the name of Hardin that uh, had lived there after that guy. And they too had a lot of problems there. And, and Edward Hardin had reached out to me to uh, tell me about the uh, supernatural occurrences that had taken place uh, on uh, in that house uh, pertaining to he and his family. And uh, so, look, in the the origins of this thing, I'm convinced of it now. Were the two family members that 
conjured up the evil forces. Then I believe that we were led to that area and that house where evil was already present and manifest in the home and in the area as well. Daniel, I've been back there on two occasions, uh, I believe in 2014 and 2015, going to homes in that area, not far from that house at all, where people were under demonic siege. And, and I went there as a spiritual warrior to help those people. Mm-hmm. And so evil was very much uh, permeating through that area to this very day. I have not been back to that house. Uh, I would go back if the, I don't know who the current occupants are. If they contacted me for help, I would go back there to help them and bind and rebuke and cast out all that garbage. You better believe I would. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But I have never been caught. Now I will say this, Fox 45 did a story and I believe that it was in the year of 2000. They did uh, a story about my story in the house. And then they went to the um, current owners at that time. And those people said, there's nothing to it. He made it all up. Uh, We've never had any problems here. And the only thing evil was Bill being his books and his stories and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand why those people were saying that, because when my first book, Dark Force, had come out, Now, I've never publicly given the address, never told people to go down there, nothing like that. But after the book came out, people put two and two together. That was a very well-known story in that community. And people started going down to that house and trespassing and going into their yards and all that. And it upset those people. And I look, I'm sorry for that. I never, certainly never intended for the people to be harassed in any way at all. I know the people. Um, but I have every right to talk about the story because those events did take place. It really did happen. I wish that it didn't. I wish it was all made up story. Um, but that's not the case. It really happened. And my mother suffered more than anybody out of it. And I have a right to talk about it and I'll continue to talk about it. I'm certainly not trying to cause problems for anybody that, you know, live there or currently lives there. Okay. Let's get a couple of quick questions here. Do you, this is from Jerry Ott. Do you believe the Antichrist is in the world now or yet to come? Uh, hi, Jerry, and uh, thank you for being here. Um, I do believe the Antichrist is here now, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I have my suspicions, and I'm not going to name names, but I have my suspicions, and I do believe that he is among us now. Okay. Uh, Peter from Australia says, can you comment a bit on generational sin, how it can lead to demonic oppression and possession, including some success stories? Well, we don't have all kinds of time, but if you could uh, shorten that a bit, uh, have you led people out of generational sin and curses? Many times. uh, And I praise God for it. And God has worked through me to do that. And yes, there were people that had uh, horrific things that they were under that had been going on throughout their lifetime because it was a generational curse and God worked through to break all that off of them. And then they went on to have a a wonderful life and flourish in their life. And that's the difference, Daniel, when we trade the the lack of faith and the uh, fear-based trauma-based way of thinking and living in for real faith, then God will bless us Mm -hmm. because he knows that we are really connected with him we're really seeking him and we're giving him praise and thanks and glory in every day and with that comes the reward of the blessing and and he'll continue to bless us and empower us and protect us as well if a person has uh, various ailments and the doctors can't never seem to pinpoint it um, 
through all kinds of tests. And a lot of, there's a modern medicine, they have a lot of testing ability. Uh, could that be a source of demonic oppression or possession? Absolutely, absolutely. So these are these would uh, uh, come under those types of curses to where now there are these uh, health afflictions that are manifesting that that the doctors can't treat or don't understand it. Um, you better believe it. They they are in the spiritual realms and they can be dealt with by the power of God. And God has worked through me, not every time, because I'm not God. I don't have that power. I only have what God gives to me and, and the way God works through me. And there have been times, and there was a recent time here, that um, <clears throat> a man had stage four cancer, and he was in Glasgow, Scotland. And we prayed for him. And I have a prayer list, probably at least 600 people on that list. And I say that entire list every week on my Warrior Mode service show. And probably takes 35 minutes to say it all. Uh, but we continue to pray for people. And in that man's uh, case, he is, now I'm happy to tell you, Daniel, he is completely healed from stage four cancer. They're expecting that man to die. Uh, I was contacted by a friend of his, uh, Jim Kelly, who asked me to pray for this man, Jim O'Connor, in Scotland. And we came together in prayer, continued to pray, and that man was healed. It has happened before in other cases. I, again, I don't claim to be anything. It's right. just the power of God that is coming through, and we praise him for it. So, yes, I've so, seen this. I've seen these healing miracles for people. So, so issues like that can be of, of spiritual nature, and I think they yeah. can be almost be traced down to that. If, if if a doctor has done everything and everybody's throwing their hands up, I think you got to start looking at the supernatural. All right, here's another one. Um, says, um, how have they changed the? Well, you kind of address this. How have they changed the word in the Mandela effect? But I guess the overall question there, and you kind of alluded to it, that they want to change the word to make it have none effect. Isn't that wouldn't that be the object? Yeah, so I'm going to give another example. Uh, Revelation 1.13, if you look at the King James Bible, you'll see it now, uh, describes Jesus. Jesus used to be described as a commanding officer with a gold sash that went across his chest. Now he's described as a transsexual with a girt about the paps. That means a bra across the breast and a golden girdle. That's how Jesus is described now in Revelation 1.13 in the King James Bible. You know, it's interesting you said that because I, the article, again, you may you may have seen it. I, some, I guess it was a priest, maybe a pastor, I don't know. But he was saying he had drag queens come to the church, and he was saying that, well, the Bible itself says that God is going to renew your mind. So we're here, this person is here to renew your mind because in your old mind, you were thinking that being a drag queen was weird. And, you know, but now... With the renewing of your mind, see how the twist. That's how sick can that be? He said, so who's behind this? The devil. Yeah. Because well, that's what he wants to do. He wants to turn everything upside down and backwards, and and goes right back to Isaiah five twenty again. What are those who call evil good and good evil? There it is. Mm -hmm. Um, what is the percentage? This is from Peter. What is the rough percentage of people that are demonically possessed in the U.S. Well, it's growing. I can tell you that right now. Uh, all you have to do, and back to the drag queen thing, if you look at some of those people, I say all of them, really, but if you take a good look at them, you could see the demons in their eyes. You could see the demonic oppression on those people because now you are altering the order of God. You are 
So, so Daniel, God made us as men. We dress as men. We look like men. We are who God created us to be. That's how we live. That's who we are. If we step outside of that and say, well, you know what? No, I'm not really that way. I want, I, I'm this way now. And mm-hmm. That is a demonic deception. So this is absolutely demonic in nature. And when you look at these types of individuals that are doing this, and shame on any pastor or priest that will sponsor this in their churches, your church is gone. There's no blessing or favor on your church or you whatsoever. And I'm sorry to say that, but it's true. Mm-hmm. You are, oh, you better repent. That's all I, that, that's all I could say. You better repent soon right. because you are in big time error with God and there will be no blessing and favor that will come from him I don't see it. on such a, a, a wicked and vile and foul thing that's taking place there. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, the archons in control of the dimensional gates who allow demons to enter and inhabit humans. Well, I look at it like this and, and I don't pretend to know that answer completely because I'm not there. Okay. But my best interpretation of it would be that um, just as there are angels that Yahweh created and even created the devil and those fallen angels as well, created everybody and everything. Mm -hmm. There are powers and principalities that are probably the gatekeepers for these dimensional doorways. Now, whether that is Yahweh's angels or now the fallen angels that have rebelled against Yahweh, uh, they can be in a, a position of power and principality as well over an area, over a land, over a dimensional doorway. So, but everything has to Come from Yahweh as far as permission. I have to believe that because if you read the book of Job, it clearly shows that the devil came back and checked in with God. And he says, where have you been? He says, I've been roaming the earth to and fro, up and down the earth in the dry places. So he's checking back in. This is why God doesn't destroy the devil because he actually serves a purpose. And his purpose is the one that stands against mankind because of the bad choice or the, the, the wicked and heinous act, whatever takes place, the devil can't make us do anything. Mm. But man, when we make a, a terrible choice, he could sure be there and have demons to be there mm. to aid in a bed in that choice and magnify it into something gigantically horrific. Mm. And he delights in that. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really not a funny question, but it kind of is. Uh, have you seen anybody's head spin around? Never seen that, but I've seen people, uh, again, I've seen levitation. I've, I've heard the voices, uh, different voices hissing coming from people. I've seen their tongues uh, go around like a serpent Ooh. back and forth. Uh, I have um, uh, seen the eyes change in various colors, superhuman strength, contortion of body parts. I have never, now in the contortion of body parts, never seen the head go all the way around, but I have seen limbs contort in ways that a human body cannot. You know, there was a Jeopardy question once. It said, uh, this 1973 horror movie caused Americans uh-huh. to go back to church. The Exorcist. <laughs> so, yeah. And uh, and that's there's a lot of truth to that. I did a uh, the uh, Daily Star there in London did a three-part series of interviews with me and talk the, the first story was about that, about how I said that the, 
the uh, some of the events that took place in that movie are not too far away from the truth. And uh, I have seen people with the projectile vomiting and things of that nature and, and all the other things that I've just described that were in that movie. Uh, again, the only thing that I haven't seen is a person's head completely turn around. I have not seen that, but um, that, that movie has more truth than people realize. Have you, have you seen anybody levitate? Yes, absolutely. I have sure have. Hmm. I saw a body levitate off a bed and then uh, dropped back down onto the bed. No, no. Just absolutely up and then just like something, let it go and right back down on the bed. Now, is, is that a, a, a poltergeist doing that, a trickster? Because that sounds like a trick. Those are demons that are present and that are not visible. So just like you and I are seeing each other right now, these things are just as real as you and I as we're seeing each other. Uh, but they are in the invisible realm where we, which uh, mankind uses a small percentage of brain power and capacity. Uh, so that means there's a whole other world going on around us that we can't see or perceive. And they are in that realm at times. Now, sometimes I have seen them, like I described earlier in the show. I've seen them face to face. I've seen them. But in other times, in a case like that, they were cloaked, invisible, but yet still present and still had the physical strength and capability to do something that like that with a body and then drop it. And it's all designed to put a person into fear. So when people start to have all these supernatural paranormal events taking place and whether it's in their home or, you know, around them or whatever it may be, this is a demonic attack that has been launched and it is designed to get the person into fear. Why? because it'll lower the frequency and vibration. And by doing that, the person becomes wide open and vulnerable for demonic attack. Hmm. Um, Believe once, once has this question here, do you take offerings for your deliverance sessions? Do you charge money? Do you help? Yeah, and, and I'll tell you why. Now I've done more free work for, for people than I have ever charged for my services, but I do charge for my services because this is how I make my living. Hmm. My job, is helping people to become free from evil. Now, if I were independently wealthy, I wouldn't charge a dime. Mm -hmm. But I help people from all over the world, and I have to pay bills. And there's no, there's nobody sponsoring me. There's no churches supporting me. Mm -hmm. uh, there are people that donate from time to time, and mm -hmm. I thank God and praise God for them. Um, but if there's somebody in need, and they come to me, which happens all the time, that you know they don't have any money or whatever, I don't turn them away. I help them. Well, I mean, the Bible does say the laborer is worthy of his hire. Uh, and that's yeah. what, and what you do, obviously, is, is, is there's so few of you out there that do this. Uh, and Daniel, I'm going to tell you this right now. I Before COVID, I was on the road for six straight years without a break, traveling everywhere, sometimes taking two trips a week. I was so exhausted, but I continued to do it because people were in need. And then when COVID came along, um, I stopped traveling uh, for a while. And not that COVID is a blessing, not at all. It's a curse, but it kind of helped me to regenerate. And I started doing all my sessions via Skype or phone. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me to recover a little bit because I was getting so burned out 
that I would wake up in hotels and go, where am I at right now? What town am I in? I, it took me a minute to come back and understand and realize where I was. Mm-hmm. All right. The, this is a, a question here. It says, uh, a pastor once told me Jesus defeated Satan and the evil in this world is then the evil in this world is man. Is this, isn't this dangerous for him to, and his flock to believe that Satan does not exist anymore? It's very dangerous. And a lot of churches teach that. And, and why do they teach it? Because they want to keep it concealed from people because it's so unfortunate. Uh, and I'm not trashing all the churches. I'm sure there's still many good churches left. And I know some pastors that have real authentic churches, but um, by and large, it's designed as entertainment. And your pastor now is a comedian or an entertainer. Right. They're there to entertain you. Oh, that was so, oh, he was mm. so funny. Wasn't he funny? He gave you nothing right. in the way of spiritually feeding you or any kind of truth. He was a, a clown comedian that stood up there and, and a charlatan mm-hmm. and patted you on your head, took your money, come back next week. Man, I'll, I'll be even funnier next week. And then you have some of these idiots that they call drunk in the spirit. And they come up there up to the podium and they act like they're drunk and they're slurring. Mm. I, I have no, I, I put that in the realms of the drag queen stuff. I mean, that is absolutely vile wickedness. That How can you, how can you uh, preach to a congregation when you're acting like you're drunk? And you're slurring your words, and, and now you got everybody else out there falling all over the place, laughing all over, over themselves. Mm-hmm. You've given them nothing as far as spiritually feeding right. them. Well, the last the last church I went to, they had a smoke machine and a laser light show. And then I went to this one church. That, now, this is the difference between you who helping people out that you do and, and the heart you've exhibited on this show and throughout your life. Uh, yeah, you've got to, you know, you've got to provide for your, your, your yourself, you know. Uh, yeah. Jesus was a carpenter. I mean, these kinds of things or a fisherman. Uh, you're an exorcist. Okay. But that's a, a much needed thing. But so I was at this church. Here's the difference. I was at this church and, and they, they took this offering. And then all of a sudden the preacher's wife stands up and said, I just heard from God. He wants us to take another offering. And I thought, what? You, you didn't hear from nobody. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? There you go. And it's just like this, uh, I, can't remember this guy's name either, but he's in New York somewhere. Uh, he has this church in New York, and uh, they came in supposedly, allegedly, and and robbed him of uh, nearly a million dollars worth of jewelry that him and his wife had on, you know, during the service. And uh, so then they had this other service. He's back in the news again. Uh, supposedly this lady, she stands up and she's rebuking him or whatever, and he grabs her by her hair. And it shoves her and tells, you know, shoves him over, shoves her over to the, I guess, the security or whatever, get her out of here and all this. I don't know. Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. Mm. Uh, uh, again, am I perfect? Absolutely not. Do I, I, I claim do, to be? Never. But these people are charlatans. I, I do have an exorcist video that is beyond belief here. I don't know if you've seen it. I think it was in Africa. The guy was, he said he was an exorcist and, and this other guy was on the floor slithering around. And and he was casting the demons out of him. All of a sudden, the guy on the ground, cell phone rings. He he picks it up. He says, he says "Hang on for a second. Yeah, what's going on? Yeah, okay. And he put the phone back down and started. I said, "Wait a minute, man. You got to be kidding me." But, you can't make it up, Daniel. But, but you can't I, make it up. On the other hand, I was at a church where they were casting out demons, and 
the guy in front of me, I, I was going through because I was thinking, if I got something, I want to get rid of it anyway. After you hear a sermon that says you might have something, well, I want to make sure I don't got nothing. So I get up in the line, but the guy in front of me, he falls down, and man, he starts foaming at the mouth and slithering like a stake, and he was cursing God. He was. And I'm, thinking, I'm glad you brought this up, and I was just going to bring this up. I'm glad you brought it up. We have to be very careful, and I've seen this just like you've seen it in some of the churches. You cannot go and bind and rebuke and cast out demons without asking, and this is what I do, I ask Yahweh to send his giant warrior angels to come and take those demons into custody, because if you don't do that, then those demons are going to jump into somebody else, and they're going to go somewhere. So if you yeah. bind and rebuke and cast them out, they're either going to jump into somebody else, they're going to go into somebody's home, they're going to go in their, they're going somewhere. And so you have to be very, very careful. I'm glad you brought that up, Daniel. It's very important for people to know. Yeah. Well, I sure hope that if people have been inspired and may see an answer for something going crazy in their life, that you may need to look at the, the spiritual aspect of it. And I think a lot of people are seeking answers. They're just looking, them, looking for them in the wrong places, and their problems are never solved. Like you said, just one. If, in fact, if, I'll say it again, what you said earlier in the first hour. If you, if you have problem after problem after crisis after problem after another crisis, another crisis, you're under attack. That's, That's all it right. is. Okay, you don't need medication. You don't need to call the doctor. You don't need to call a friend who's going to say, hey, man, exactly let's have a beer. Right. That, ain't going to, that ain't going to help you. Okay, and you're just putting yourself in that position if you don't take the spiritual course and seek out somebody who can deal with it. But I got That's deep, absolutely correct. But I got a really deep spiritual question for you right now. Um, so you might have to put your, 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 your best spiritual warrior face on. Sure. You got a Stratocaster in the background. <laughs> There's a bunch of them in the background there, yeah. <laughs> so Les Paul and uh, Epiphones and Stratocasters and Jacksons, yeah. I, I was a musician. I still play. Uh, the only difference is I don't play that evil music anymore. I uh, I play um, Christian songs, and, and we got to be careful, and even some of the Christian songs now, because some of that's garbage too, I'm sorry to say. Mm -hmm. But uh, I write songs, praise and worship songs, and I play them. Uh, I find myself, I never get to bed before six. Now it's 6.30 a.m. every morning mm -hmm. because um, I'm doing sessions with people from all over the world. So I could be on a Skype session with somebody five in the morning or six in the morning or seven in the morning before I've even gotten to bed. Um, so my operation is almost like a 24-7 operation. Mm -hmm. There are people coming to me for, for help from all over. But in between, I try to, uh, before I go to bed or, or in between sessions, I've grab one of those guitars and I just sit there and play for a little while. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and another thing that could be helpful is going right back to the frequency and vibration aspect of things, whether it is through a guitar or a piano or keyboards or whatever it may be, you could find blessed and holy music that can really soothe your soul and help you. Mm -hmm and help by the power of God working through those frequencies and vibrations to heal you in mind, body, and spirit. Mm -hmm. Well, didn't, didn't David play the harp or a device and cast the out lute. demons? Yeah. The lute, which that, is a guitar. That, yeah. uh, that, that, that guitar in the background is a real thing. I keep it right here. I love that. It's beautiful. Uh, is that a Gibson? Uh, no, it's a Takamini. Uh, beautiful guitar. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. Good stuff, but I, I take it camping with me, man. Play around the campfire. Somebody asked, somebody sent over and said, will you play a Johnny Cash song? So I don't know. Do you take requests? Uh, what? I walk the line. Uh, you, you take <laughs> ring requests? Do you take requests, Bill? 
Oh, not not now. <laughs> no. Well, listen, hey, this book here, Tales of an Exorcist, where can people get it? Um, you, the best place to get it is my website, BillBeanWarrior.com or BillJBean.com or uh, BillBeanMinistries.org. All of those URLs go to the same website, mm-hmm. and you can uh, get your copy. If you want a signed copy, um, just click the yellow buy now button, and then I will personally sign it, send it out to you. If you want to order it from Amazon, click on the blue button, which uh, says international orders. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. due to the cost of shipping now, I can no longer sign and send out international orders. It costs like anywhere from 25 to $30 to send out a book now internationally. It's crazy. Wow. And, and so I can't do that anymore. So please, if you're outside of America and you want to order a copy of the book, just hit the blue button and that's for international orders. Or if you, you know, you don't want a signed copy, you can hit the blue button and order it from Amazon. So um, I, I want to thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you having me on. It's, it's been great. I hope to come back with you soon. Sure. Absolutely. Now you, don't you have a show yourself? Uh, I, well, I stopped. I was going to do it tonight. I did it last night. I had my service show last night. I used to do it on Fridays and Saturdays, but okay. I'm getting so busy now with doing other interviews that I've decided for well, that's a while. Good. Well, that's good. That's Saturday good. Show out. That's good because I want to have you back. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Man, I'll, whenever you're ready, I'll be okay. back and we've got a lot to talk about. We really didn't even scratch the surface I know we didn't. Uh, on the book or the contents, but uh I can assure you of this, uh, ladies and gentlemen, everything that I've said here tonight is true, and some of it might be hard to believe, and I pray that you'll never have any experiences like this, but I have lived it, I have seen it, I have experienced it, I have gone to war against it, and so it is a very powerful presentation and a very powerful account, which is merely scratching the surface because I have hundreds and hundreds of cases that I could have presented in this book. And I only took a select few. And I'm probably going to write a second book uh, of this nature as well, Daniel, because there's so many compelling cases. But um, I'm, I'm happy uh, that the book turned out the way that it did. I uh, had a, a wonderful person, uh, Desiree Valdez, who designed the cover and formatted the book for me. So I give her a great deal of credit for putting that book together. And uh, so I'm extremely pleased with the way the book came about. And in all of my books, this is my 10th book. I can never thank God and praise God enough for that. And it is God who puts these ideas on me and on my spirit. And as soon as he puts something like this on me, I have to obey it. And I go right there and start to put it together. Mm -hmm. And so that's exactly what happened uh, with this. And I held off on this book for a long time because It's a fine line in this. There are those who do not want their stories told. And I have to honor that. And there is the, the, you know, the, the client uh, confidentiality there. So I honor that there is one case that was in the beginning that I talk about that I didn't name names or locations or anything like that. But by and large, the uh, cases that are presented in the book were authorized and and they gave me permission to uh, feature a chapter on them and their stories. So um, they are very compelling cases. Well, I thought I was about ready to let you go. we got one final question here from Believe said, will you pray for us who are under attack? Oh, absolutely. And where's that from Daniel Believe? Uh, yeah. The, the person's name is Believe. 
Okay. All right. Yes. We, it's so am I praying for the person and their family? Uh, it says, will you pray for us who are under attack, please? So there may be more than one person watching. The show, Absolutely. And and if you're watching, I mean, obviously you are watching, but uh, if you are in that level of need, then reach out to me, send an email. Uh, you can visit the website, email me directly from the site and I'll get you scheduled for spiritual deliverance. If you're, you know, in that level of distress, then please reach out. Okay. Do you, do you want, can you say a, a prayer real quick? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Father, I thank you and praise you for this blessed and appointed time. It's been a wonderful uh, time here with Brother Daniel and everybody that is tuned into this broadcast tonight. And I want to pray for this person uh, who's under the title of Believe. Uh, pray for this person and their family. Please bless them and help them, Father. And I ask that you send giant warrior angels to them to remove any demons, uh, curses, hexes, vexes, spells, strongholds, um, ungodly soul ties, family bloodline curses, and anything and everything that the devil has built over them. And I also pray for that uh, for everyone that has uh, joined in here tonight, that's been a part of this broadcast. I pray that you bless them in all their ways. I pray that you will send giant warrior angels to them to remove all evil and wickedness and negativity and curses from them. And I ask that you bless all of them with an abundance of love, peace, joy, good health, and prosperity for life. And I pray that for Daniel and his family as well. And please, Father, help us to continue to move forward and be a shining example of your love, mercy, and goodness. We give you the praise and the thanks and the glory for everything forevermore, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen to that. Well, Brother Bill, we'll have you back on the show as soon as we can. Can't wait, brother. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of the night, and we will talk soon. Yes, sir.